Shelly, you know how much I love programmatic advertising for recruitment. It saves so much time and effort in trying to figure out where I can get maximum exposure and value in advertising my jobs. Yeah, for sure. It is a game changer. And you know who I love too is AppCast. They are the leading programmatic job advertising platform that helps you reach the right candidates fast. Definitely. AppCast advanced targeting and real-time optimization technologies make sure that your job ads are seen by the most qualified candidate. Plus, they have a team of experts that's always there to support you and make sure you get the best results. It's so true, right? AppCast has just got the nicest people on staff. They're just a pleasure to work with. And tracking your job's performance in real time is the other big plus. Being able to see exactly what's happening, what's driving the applications, where they're coming for. And at the end of the day, it's about making hires. And where else can you expand your reach across 30,000 sites? Your candidates are everywhere online with AppCast. Your jobs will be too. So check them out at appcast.io. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Bonjour and welcome to the Recruitment Flex. We are live here at Unleash America in Las Vegas. Shelly? You got to introduce our guest. I do. So I'm really pleased to have joining us right now, the one, the only, Mark Coleman, who is the CEO and founder of Unleash. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Talk to us, Mark, a bit about the history of Unleash. So for our audience that maybe had not heard of the event before, can you tell us a bit about its history? I sure can. Our first incarnation was in Amsterdam back in 2011. I had a history walking up to that of coming from CHRO roundtables and being a researcher of the HR industry. So research, science, analytics, all that fun stuff is in, in my DNA. And we did a small little event for about 400 people in Amsterdam in 2011 that we'd never done anything like it before. We had about 15 exhibitors and 400 delegates. We completely messed up everything on site. We had tangled name badges and we were doing seat drops at four o'clock in the morning. And somehow our conference and the people that were there, the networking, the content, everything was on fire. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And kind of getting handshakes and hugs. And yeah. this is our best event that we've ever been to before. And, uh, and we had taken the tech focus. So it started with the cloud. Workday was our kind of headline sponsor. And then it was just like a rocket ship after that. We did about four more incarnations in Amsterdam as HR Tech. It was called HR Tech World back then. Okay. Uh, and then we decided we'd come to America in 2017. And we were HR Tech World Congress in San Francisco at the Fort Mason Center. Okay. So we took an army barracks. <laughs> <laughs> and it was beautiful. Blue skies. We had so much fun, but a very difficult event to do in San Francisco with unionized labor and very expensive old hotels. So we decided to move it to, to Vegas, at which point we were going through a rebrand because it was HR Tech World Congress, but our tagline was always unleash your people. So we were consistent on our messaging since 2011. And I always felt people innovation was born, could often born outside of HR. 
I agree. And so we've always been famous for showcasing CEOs, CFOs, CIOs, economists, and not just HR people on our stages. And HR people just don't want to go to events and listen to more HR people. So we mix it up quite well. I think that's been one of our USPs over the years. So maybe that gives a good timeline, maybe yeah. 10 or 12 I had no years. Idea. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing that. I had no idea. I know how it feels to me as far as the number of vendors, the number of people. Do you have any real numbers? What was that like the total attendance? Do you think? So, you may not, yeah, we've about 3,000 people here. Wow. We have 200, over 200 speakers. We have 150 exhibitors, 60 of which are, sorry, 60 on top of that, of which are startups. Yeah. We have 50 analysts here. So this, we have our numbers. Yeah. Good. There's a good, like, different kind of segments of the market well represented here. And it's our first time here in Caesars Forum. So it's completely it's different. Very posh. It's a very it's posh. It's very posh. <laughs> it smells good in here. It smells very great nice. for Vegas. Yes. <laughs> it is really posh. It's very nice. So Mark, tell us a little bit as far as are you happy with the overall results? What's the feedback you're getting from this particular show? Very happy. It's a new product. So we've been in Vegas for a few years and we've used different hotels, but this is the first one that allows us to realize the vision and ambition that I have for this show. And we're here for the next four years. We have all of this building from next year on, just okay. to give you a sense of what we can do here. So what is the vision? The vision is to, to be a hybrid event, to provide different customer experiences for different audiences. You've got analysts, you have the major groups yeah. of the HR function being HR technology, learning, performance, people analytics and stuff like that. You have executive layer experiences here as well. So we deliver that across our thought leadership programs with the likes of Josh Burson, who's here doing yeah. a talent intelligence bootcamp for that VIP experience. That's what our audience needs. And so if you're coming here as a team, the CHRO likes to be surrounded by CHROs. Exactly. There's that. They demand that. Yeah. And if otherwise, they're just looking to speak on the program. So we have to deliver that product and that, that experience for that customer. Tell me a little bit as far as for a practitioner, someone who's in the space, say, is an HR business partner or is a talent acquisition specialist. Why should they attend the show? I think there's something here for everyone. Yeah, uh, I think we do conferencing better than anyone else on the planet. And I think that's evidence of that is our scale, our growth, our reputation, our brand equity, especially over the last five years. People that we put on stage are, they've got to have something to say. It can't be buzzword bingo. It's They've got to talk about what's working inside their business, what's not working. They've got to use numbers. If they don't, they we don't stage that again. And there are certain businesses that are very protectionist over, you can't go to conferences and give out that level of business intelligence. Yeah, But we demand it. And most of the people coming to the show, I would classify them as pioneering HR people. They're not just trying to do traditional HR inside their organizations. Yeah. They're looking to push the boundaries. They go to Sherm for that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't so, say oh, that. I, say, I'm I okay. said that. No, you didn't say it. No, seriously, if you're just looking for No, I've got to be kind here. I'm Sherm, Sherm have their... They do. They have their place in all of this. Uh, yes. They're very different to us, but we respect them and we yeah. love them and we embrace them inside the industry. So I, I want to be careful there not to say anything bad. No, I don't want to diss <laughs> anyone. I did want to ask you this. I could totally visualize the tangled lanyards and dropping chairs. It was still till four o'clock in the morning experience. But each time you learn something. Right. 
There's something that you can do just a bit better. Is there any little thing even that you could point to from this show that you're going to go, ah, there's something we could do better or do differently? Yeah, 100%. One One of the things that's antagonized me is having the big main stage tent outside. I know okay. some people have loved it. It's funny. There's a carpeted car park outside with a gigantic tent that's taken about a week and a half to build. And it's a air-conditioned tent. We've never done anything in the tent before. It cost a fortune, but I would never do it again. Okay. We had to do it because we had no place to put our main stage this year. Yeah. Because there's another event going on in the second half of the building. Oh, I see. And it, in terms of flow, they're out here as trying to get them back into the building mm. when the beautiful Vegas sun shines out there. It's not for, I'm Irish, so I hide from the sun as much <laughs> as I can. <laughs> trying to get into the air conditioning as quickly as I can. I think that's one thing. There's, there's always lots of learning. I'm horrible. I'm a perfectionist. So I'm already thinking about next year <laughs> when I should be probably celebrating more what's going on this year. Perfect. There's always big improvements to be had. Let's end it with a couple more questions. I really like to get your thoughts of, I guess, the macroeconomics of what's going on in the world of work as far as we're seeing a lot of different places. We're seeing a lot of vendors laying off people. We're seeing yep. companies hiring freeze. What yep. do you forecast for the rest of the year? I think it's a down economy. I've talked to a few people here and especially the people that are local. They don't want to talk about it. Really? Yeah, it's fine. We've been doing this for 12 years. It's a bull economy. The layoffs are real, and I think there's more to come. And I think if you look at our programming, especially our main stage programming, we've put AI front and center, Mm. and our closing keynote is on the economy. So we've got the uh, three leading labor economists on stage. We've got Andrew Flowers, Gad's there from the Burning Glass Institute, and uh, Julia Polak is there from ZipRecruiter. And Kathy from the Josh Birdson company is moderating. So that's how important it is for us. We're hopefully not going to send off everyone with gloom and doom. For HR and talent acquisition people, they've all got the best plans in the world. But if they're not ready for the CEO and the board and everyone else coming in with the short-term thinking of, we have to save money, we have to make 10,000 redundancies right now, everyone ends up in jail quite quickly. So we've put that front and center as well. I'm quite proud of that. I'm not an economist, so I'm probably not the best person to ask the, answer this question. No, given your perspective <laughs> is perfect. And you just mentioned AI. I think that's been the buzzword of this conference as far as talking to the vendors. Yeah. Have you found that is AI? Uh, of course, yeah. The vendors will, they've had it on their boots for five, six years now. Exactly. (laughs) So I'm hoping our customers are challenging them more in terms of, you just can't put it on, you just can't advertise it. Um, Shelly has been challenging every vendor, so (laughs) she's done that job for everyone. My message has been, and certainly with our PR and our marketing, my view is the market economy is going to change so dramatically in the next three to five years. The world is not ready for it. They're not prepared for what's to come. The big AI guys have been sat inside big enterprise organizations. I live in Budapest in Hungary. Okay. We're surrounded by shared service centers that are owned by American companies. They've had AI and algorithms and all sorts of robotics sat inside these companies for a very long time now. They understand how jobs are being done, how they're being automated and how they will be automated. I think the big question for the world is, because, you know, it's how do we do this? Because it's going to kill a lot of jobs. It's going to be, there's a lot of angry people in the world right now. 
there's going to be a lot more angry people in the world if they don't have jobs to do because AI is taking them away. And of course, the other side of the coin is AI will create a lot more jobs as well, but maybe not for the same people. And so that's why you're seeing reskilling and skilling being the top of mind conversation across everyone at this event. So we can have the AI conversation, but digs much deeper. And then it's the HR one where there's the HR laziness of kind of, we'll, we'll just buy AI off the vendors. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have a clue what to do. No. Nope. And so it's kind of, they've now got to start thinking about what this means for their businesses. It's that conundrum, you've heard it over the years, HR equals hardly relevant. There's, there, there is trouble out there brewing of the relevancy of HR. That it, mm. Does it have a position in 10 years time? And I don't like the scaremongering because I believe HR is the most important function of the business. And we mm -hmm. proved it during the pandemic because all the trends right. that were there, we time traveled through all those trends that we'd been talking about on, Leash, on, on the Unleash main stage mm -hmm. the year before. So what was taken five to 10 years took six, six to 12 months. And yeah. I love that. We were chief people officer, then we we're chief pandemic officer. And if you look at the mm -hmm. executive leadership across most Fortune 500 companies, you can see how the CHRO, the CPO has risen yeah. from that kind of bottom layer position. And apparently there's still 30% of Fortune 500 companies that don't have that position still at the table. Yeah. So we've got work to do. But you will see the CHRO has gone up closer to the CEO position. And in Europe, we have a great case study in Chanel because their CEO is ex-CHRO. And here in America, you have Mary Barra leading the charge at General Motors. And she's doing wonderful things That's over true. there. It's taken her a while, <laughs> but yeah. she's coming strong now. So yeah, I think you, you get a bigger picture of what we're faced with when it comes to AI. Because the people analytics conversation has gone on for 10 years, but it's been at a snail's pace. But you layer in the AI now on top of that, we're going to move quite quickly. It forces it, right? Exactly. Yeah, it does. So. Listen, thank you so very much for allowing us to be part of a great event. You're most welcome. It's absolutely great to have you here for this year's show. Thank you so much. And hopefully you come back next year. We will. Thank well, you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain -brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.